Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Continuing with previous messages. You, you can marry somebody who has an inferiority complex. You can marry somebody who has gone to abuse. Somebody who has been raped. Now, you can imagine a lady who was raped at 10. That's an experience, isn't it? Horrible experience. And that lady will never trust men again. Will never believe in men. Now, you can marry a man who came back from school at the age of 12, bomb in the room, saw the mother and another man having sex. And that was a shock. It, it hit him like a thunderbolt. He couldn't imagine his mother. And he knows that daddy is at, is at post. You will hear that child being told things like, never tell anybody. So the thing is there. He grew up with it. He will never trust his wife. Such men never trust their wives. So you can be a good woman, but it's not your fault. It's too late. He will never trust you. He will check your phone all the time. He will follow you when you say you are going to work. Sometimes, unknown to you, there's a taxi trailing you. When you are looking too much at a certain man, excuse me, why are you looking at him like that? Are you an artist? But he's a good man. Every other area of the, of the man is good, except this one. Except this one. It's too jealous. You want to hear anybody calling you when you are home. And it's a male voice. Doesn't like that because he's afraid that what he saw at 12 could happen again. He's afraid. It's an unconscious thing that happens. You have no control over it, but it happens to you. You are just afraid that what happened to mommy is going to happen to my wife because your wife too is being called what? Mommy in the house. So there are peculiar experiences. So let me say this that you are what you are because of so many factors. And your spouse is what? He or she is because of so many factors. You have to understand your, your spouse. You have to talk with your spouse. Find out history. Find out where he grew up. Find out how the parents were. Whether they were loving parents. Whether they were abusive. Whether they were rude. What kind of upbringing did he get? Whether he grew up with an auntie. How the auntie was. Whether the auntie was very rude or very caring. Very loving. You know, anytime you see somebody very stingy. Huh? Like once... In many years, before you see him give money to somebody, find out most of them, when they were growing up, nobody took care of them. Nobody took care of him. He suffered to pay his own fees, suffered to do this, suffered to do everything. So his philosophy is that why do you want to suffer? You do the same. Why do you want to just come and every day I should be giving you? No. So if you marry a man who suffered, he had an irresponsible father, and he suffered and suffered to take care of himself, now he's uh, well-to-do. You marry him, you must be ready for sacrifices because it's not every day you'll be getting money coming your way. And you don't have to blame him for it. What I'm trying to say today is that nobody can be blamed for his peculiar personality and behavior. Why? Because most of these factors, you know, have impact on us very early before we even grew up. Very early. Most of the time from age 1 to 10. That is why if you have children today, be careful how you treat them. Because everything you are doing to them is framing their future. You tell your child every day that he's good, he's going to be good. That is the mindset you grow up with. You tell him that he's horrible, he's a thief, he's a this, a crazy person. You know, you grow up with that. And I've seen people who are never appreciated by their parents, who are never praised by their parents. You know, psychologists have discovered that adults who are good listeners, they have parents who praise them when they were young. Adults who are not good listeners, they had parents who were very critical. 
So by the time the father starts talking, he has closed his ears. He's, he's looking at you, but he said, this one, I won't listen. So he grew up with that habit of not listening. So what do you do when you grow up only to realize that there are issues with your life that you don't like? Because the only way to become better than what you are now is to be willing to embrace change. Everyone say change. Now, no, nobody is perfect. Have you ever heard they said nobody is perfect? Hello? I, have you ever heard no, they said nobody is perfect? But we can always be better than what we are. Say amen to that. So, you are not perfect. Your spouse is not perfect. But what makes the marriage better is when you understand that your life can be better than how it is now. Don't look at your spouse and mean that's this how I am. This is how I am. Me, when I wear, when, when this thing happened, this is how I do. No. Then you have become stagnant in life. No progress. But every now and then, we have to develop. We have to grow. We have to become better. When you cease to become better than how you are now, you are not growing anymore. You may be growing by age, but not growing in your mind. A growing mind always opens up to change. So, we are not blaming you for how you are. But we are saying you can be better than how you are. And to become better than how you are, it requires that from time to time you take time to reflect on your life. You ask yourself, why am I the way I am? Why do I do things the way I am? What is it about my life that needs to change? Because nobody can change you. Now it's too late. The only people you can change are children. You know the Bible said train up a child in the way he should go. They didn't say train up an adult. <laughs> because right now it's too late to teach an old dog, new tricks. I'm not saying you are dogs, forgive me. I'm just saying what they say. You know that. So, nobody can change you. And don't try to change your spouse. Because it will not work. You can't change somebody through tricks. Some of the funny ways that we try, we try to change people. It never works. There's only one way to have a permanent change. It's personal decision. That this thing I'm doing is wrong. I want to stop. It's wrong. It's a personal decision you have to make that this thing, I want to stop. This thing is not good. I want to stop. It is when you make that decision that change begins. Now, I want to say that every negative trait in your behavior, you can change it. Don't just accept them. Don't just say that it's okay. After all, now I understand that, you know, the way I grew up is the way I am and I can't do anything about it. No. It can become your stumbling block. Your weakness can be your stumbling block one day. Hello? Your weakness, the flaws in your character, which you don't want to change, can become the stumbling block. It's, in fact, it can become the demon that is hindering you from moving forward in life because every time that promotion wants to come, that weakness shows up. Not only in your marriage, because the charity begins at home. Whatever you do wrong at home, and you take it to work. So when you correct your marriage, when you are doing well at home, it affects the rest of your life. Amen. If you are rude towards your husband at home, you will be rude towards your boss, you will be rude towards everybody, you will be rude to your customers, you lose all your customers. You want to complain to your husband and say, eh, ah, okay, you have no idea what I'm going through myself. So, we want to close by saying that everybody can change. Don't you remember telling me you can make a change? And what makes that is your willingness to change, your determination. Change is not an easy thing. I know everybody would have done it. Change in personal behavior is not something that happens overnight. If you are not determined, you will give up soon. Because you may say, I'm doing well, finally I'll stop this thing. Only to realize after six months, you just went back to do it. Yes. Some behavior flaws 
are so entrenched, they are so rooted in your subconscious that it will take determination to change it. But if you understand that this change is necessary for our marriage and for the rest of your life, this change is necessary, then you pay the price for it. You pay the price for it. Hallelujah. You pay the price for it. How many understand what I'm saying so far? All right. Let's try to understand why this law is there. The fundamental law of human relationship says that you cannot change anybody. You cannot change anybody. You can't change your spouse. It's not possible. There's no magic. There's no trick that can make it work. You can't change your spouse. You can only change yourself. That's law two. You can only change yourself. Number three, when you change yourself, your spouse makes the change. So there are weaknesses in your spouse that you have to accommodate now. Trusting God that he will change one day. You just have to accommodate it. You just have to tolerate it. There are changes that you cannot see now in anybody's life. When you get married, you just have to get used to this one, live with it, trust God, a change will come. I have realized that when you love people the way they are, they willingly want to change to please you for the love that you give them. Is that not what Jesus did? Bible said, when we were yet sinners, he loved us and died. He didn't die when we became righteous. He died when we were sinners. Because he knew that love is powerful. We saw, we all saw how much love he has for us. And what did we do? We turned away from sin and we followed him. In fact, some of us are willing to die for him right now. Because of the love he showed us. When you love people unconditionally, they respond to that love by making the changes that you don't like. The changes that you want them to make, they only make it when you show them love. I'm talking about unconditional love. And that is difficult. It's not a joke. Jesus did not enjoy the cross. He endured it. He endured it. He didn't enjoy it. There are things about your spouse you can never enjoy, but endure it. And love him. Stop waiting for the day you become Mr. Perfect before you love him. That day will never come. Love him the way he is. Love her the way she is. And when you love her, love is powerful. Love is irresistible. Even the devil can't resist it. Am I talking to somebody here? We are saying that three fundamental laws of human relationship. Number one, you can never change anybody. Number two, you can only do what? Change what? Yourself. Somebody say, I can change myself. Okay. Now, when you change yourself, what happens? Your spouse will make corresponding changes. That is why every day, you, instead of waking up every day and thinking about what your spouse didn't do for you, get up every morning thinking about what you can do for your spouse. Instead of saying, oh, my spouse never make me happy. My spouse never does. My spouse never care about me. Get every morning thinking about how can I make my spouse happy? How can I make personal changes in my life? Five quick steps. Five quick steps. Are you ready? The first one is identify your weaknesses. When I say weakness, I mean areas in your life that you think are not very good. It's not the best. They need behavior change. It's not only your spouse complain about it. Even your friends do. Especially the ones who love you. You know, you can have two kind of friends. The one who don't love you and the ones who love you. The ones who love you tell you when you are wrong. Some of us don't like that. We want the people who always praise us. Even when we are wrong, they praise us until you are destroyed. They still praise you even when you are destroyed. So identify your weakness. So what is your weakness? Maybe you can't keep secret. Maybe you can't trust anybody. You know, I've heard, I've met people say, me, I don't trust people. Eh. You have to trust somebody. Else. This life, I'm telling you, you have to trust people. I'm not saying trust everybody, but you have to trust people. So maybe that's your weakness. Somebody's weakness is procrastination. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, you are rushing too much. We'll do it tomorrow. And that tomorrow never comes. So what is your weakness? What is your problem? Are you too stingy? Write it down. And say, how can I stop this stinginess? 
Because that is ungodly. God is not stingy. If God was stingy, none of us would be saved. So what is your weakness? Some of us, when we get angry, we just let it flow. We just let it flow. He said, let me, let me talk my feelings. Then a few minutes later, he said, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I won't do that again. So when will you grow up and not say anything any harder you regret? Hallelujah. So what is your weakness? Identify your shortcomings. And there could be many. It's not only one. I need to start from somewhere. Number two, accept yourself. You know, I've met people when you tell them that, no, I think this is your problem. They say, no, I'm not like that. And they know it's true, but they just deny it. They, they, psychologically denial, they, uh, defense mechanism. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. He knows he's a liar. So you, you, I think sometimes you just lie to him. Say, no, 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 me, I don't, I don't lie. You know, they want to present a very perfect um, um, impression of themselves to the public. But that's, that's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is when what you say and what you do are two different things. So accept yourself. Accept that this is how I am. That's the beginning to the change. Don't condemn yourself because you are not responsible for what the way you behave. There are things you see others do, you can't do it now. You may do it later, but you can't do it now. Let me give you an example. You grew up in a Christian home. Daddy and mommy always hugged before they went to work. When you marry, you don't even need somebody to teach you marriage counseling. You just do it naturally. But there are people who grew up in home, that thing never happened. We teach it at marriage counseling. How many are able to do that now? I can't raise my hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because whatever you are not used to, it's difficult to adopt. So you cannot condemn yourself for how you are. Don't be judgmental on yourself. There are things I learned in a book that must be done. I do it once in a while, I stop. I do it once in a while, then I stop. I do it. I said, when I start teaching marriage, you know, counseling, then I start reminding myself, hey, this one you are not teaching, you are not doing it. This one, and I tell you, you can't blame me for it. Praise God. You can't blame me for it. I was supposed to have been taught these things when I was growing up. The people should have taught me didn't teach. They were not even practicing it. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, accept yourself. Love yourself for the way you are. Understand. Can you imagine David said, I thank you, I will praise you forever because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, this is my soul. Now, do you know the guy we are talking about? We are talking about a guy who suffered more rejection than anybody in the Bible. But he, he allowed the Holy Spirit to give him understanding that my father may be irresponsible, but that cannot determine my destiny. Amen? I said, Amen. Some of you, what you are, some of the weaknesses you have now, you have, it's not your fault. It's somebody's fault. Your auntie didn't treat you right. Your father didn't behave well. Or your mother didn't do the right things. Or the, some of the people, some of the teachers who taught you at school, you know, called you what they shouldn't have called you. You know, Albert Einstein was, was told by his teacher that your head is just, is worse than that of an animal. Albert Einstein. He was judged the greatest man in the last millennium, in the 20th century. He's still the greatest scientist we know. When he was growing up, Dr. Miles Monroe, you know him? Good. His teacher told him that your face looks like a monkey. Can you imagine the rest of your life looking in a mirror saying, am I like a monkey? But he met a teacher one day when he had become great. Teaching in, in a seminar, big seminar in the UK, he met his teacher. And the teacher had forgotten what he said. Why should you keep holding on to what somebody said that the person has even forgotten? Your former husband said some things about you. Let it go. It's not worth it. 
You can't live the rest of your life trying to prove a point to your former husband who is not even seeing what you are trying to prove. So accept yourself. Identify your weakness. Accept yourself. Number three, pray and ask God to help you make the changes because without the God factor, this change we are talking about is not possible. You have to do a lot of praying. You have to go before God in a very sincere way. Amen? Just tell God, God, you must be very frank. Second Corinthians 3.18, he said, we must look into the mirror with an open face. Sometimes, some of us read the Bible, like somebody who goes to the mirror, you have used a cloth to cover your face, and you are standing in front of the mirror. How can you see what is wrong with your appearance? But Paul said, let's read the Bible with an open face. It means with a sincere heart. You know this is your weakness. When you are reading the Bible, when you go before God, you say, Lord, this is my problem. How can I stop this thing? How can I stop this thing? I want to be a better man in my home. I want to be a better husband, a better father. I want to be a good wife, a good mother. How can I stop this thing? You pray and ask God. You know, and sometimes when you begin to pray this prayer, God heals you of some of the bad memories. Some of the painful things you've been through in life that, look, some of the experiences can just... It can destroy you. Because it has filled with bitterness. There are people you don't want to forgive ever in your life. You don't, because of how they treated you. They maltreated you. And you never want to hear their name. When you hear their name, your temperature rises. <laughs> you know what? They are minding their own business somewhere. You are getting yourself destroyed. It takes prayer for you to let go of such people. Because I realized that some of the people you refuse to forgive, you repeat the things they did to you. If your father didn't take good care of you and you always complain about it grow up you will realize that you are doing the same to your children because i always heard my father told me that he me i struggled by myself my father didn't look after me i always heard my father said that when i was growing up i always heard him say that he said i'll take you to where i grew up in Tudu. i was carrying kaya so you people you are enjoying and you will not even be happy well see how i suffered my father didn't look after me before long all the money he had all the money started leaving couldn't take care of some of us very well. Because whatever you accuse somebody of repeatedly and you refuse to forgive the person of, chances are you repeat them. You will realize you are doing the same. Some of your aunties didn't treat you well. But you two, your, your nieces and nephews come to stay with you. You don't treat them well. With all your Christian self, you don't do that. You don't treat them well. You forget the pain that you went through. You more treat them. Some of you, people can stay in your house, your own children. Because you never saw love from anybody. You, you don't want to change from it. You don't want to walk out of that prison. You have put yourself in a prison. That this is how I was brought up. This is how I, nobody showed me love. Nobody treated me well. So me too. I want to tell anybody who has said much with them. Put yourself in a prison. You have to pray. Ask God to help you. Give you the grace. Have you seen any woman always behaving like a man? You have to ask God to deliver you. Otherwise you'll be beating your husband every day. Because... That woman, the parents wanted a man. They have four girls or five. In the olden days, in fact, ten girls. And this one, they wanted it to be born. And there was no scan those times. So the, there's no way to know. The day of delivery, the man is there. Let it be a boy. Let it be a boy. Then a girl came. So, ah, he just walked out. He didn't even touch the baby, but they feel it. Unconsciously, the only way that child wants to win the father's heart is to behave like a boy. And you have to pray and let God. Set you free. God, God created you unique and perfect. You don't need to be something else to impress. You didn't come into this world to please anybody. You came into this world because God has an assignment on your life. And that assignment required that you have the gender you have. Is somebody hearing me? The, the gender you have, God 
specifically, deliberately determined it. Somebody say amen. So you need to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And when you're getting tired, you keep praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and change takes place. God can make any change to become possible. Say amen to that. Now, number four, make personal resolutions for the change you want to have. You have to be able to write something down. What kind of change do you want? You need to be able to write it down. From today, I want to be, I don't want to be stingy. It may take you 10 years to arrive there, but there's nothing wrong with starting. You cannot enjoy your marriage until it's after 10 years. 1 to 10, you endure. Because marriage is for a lifetime. Because some of the changes you want, 10 years can't make it happen. I'm not being a pessimist. I'm just telling you truth. So, make personal resolutions. Number five. Number five is make yourself accountable to somebody. If it's your spouse, tell your spouse that, you know what? I want to stop this thing. I have decided to stop it. But I want you to check me. If you can't trust your spouse at it, look for a friend you can trust. Very intelligent friend. And who is very sincere. He's not afraid of telling you the truth. Because some friends are just sycophants. They, they are not serious. They, in fact, they are not worth being called friends. Some of the people you have in your life, they are not friends. Because when you are doing the wrong thing, that's when they are even happy. Make yourself accountable to a friend you can trust. For example, if your problem is sexual weakness, you are a man, you are married, your wife is very nice. You yourself, you are worried that your wife is so nice, but you can't keep to her alone. Any young lady that passes worries you. And you decide that I'm going to stop adultery. You write it down. You must tell somebody. You must tell a friend who can check you. Because your wife may not be able to take that one. That one is too strong for your wife to know. <laughs> if, if, if you can tell that to your wife, then she should be a good woman. And most of the good women can't tell you. Hey, you have to make yourself accountable to somebody. You have to tell somebody. It could be your boss at work. It was somebody about somebody you look up to. A mentor in your life, probably. Somebody that you so respect that you will feel bad if he knows you when to do it again. Make yourself because listen, look at me. You can never trust yourself every day. With this human being you are, you and me, we get to trespass all the time. So you can you can be safer making your life accountable to somebody. That is why every human being, you can't be your own everything. You can't be your own boss. There should be people in your life when you are doing something wrong, your wife should be able to tell them. You have to be able to tell you, I'm going to report you to this person. If there's nobody in your life like that, you will never be successful. I'm not guessing. Let me tell you the truth. You don't have anybody that you so respect that you don't want to offend. I've always told people, I said, there are things I can't do because <laughs> I don't know how to stand before my pastor and say it was the devil. You must be accountable. To, I'm accountable to people above me. I'm accountable to people below me. Okay? Yes. Because once you tell somebody this thing is wrong, you are accountable to him, isn't it? Yeah. There are young pastors who look up to me. I teach them what is right and wrong. I can't imagine that, you know, there is a scandal of adultery all around the town about me. And then I get people like Professor Samuel, Pastor Bernard, and all the young guys come around. And I just told them, oh, it was the devil. <laughs> are you understanding me? I probably can't look at their face. So that alone keeps me checked. I can't look at people like Frank. And just you know what? That's that's some one of those things. Let's just forget about it and move on. Man, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. 
You can't do that. So when you make your life accountable to people, you know, when you make your life, when you know that your life is accountable to somebody, it, it helps you to improve on your life. When you think you are your own boss, you know, I've heard somebody told their wife, I'm going to report to the pastor. I said, oh, pastor, oh, me, I'm not afraid of it. You won't do well in life when you talk like that. Even if you are not afraid of your pastor, the question is, who are you afraid of? Tell your husband that, look, this is the person that when I do something wrong, you can report me to him. Everyone who is married, there should be somebody in your life. So make yourself accountable to somebody. Number six is seek professional help unnecessary. No, there are some weaknesses that you can never change by yourself, except a professional comes in. Because some of them, the extent of damage is, is, is too much. You need a, um, a clinical counselor, hello, and there is nothing wrong with seeing a professional to help you on issues. It doesn't mean you are bad. Doesn't mean you are wrong. Look at me. When you have a tooth problem, you have to see a dentist, isn't it? When you have a heart problem, you need to see a cardiologist. So when you have personality flaws that you know that they are serious, you need to see a clinical counselor. It, it doesn't mean you are a bad person. It means you are wise. You are smart. You want to see change. It may cost you money. It may charge you. But you know what that can do for you? It can change your world. Because I've seen people with great potentials. Who have amounted to nothing because of a weakness they have and they don't want to change it i've seen people with great potentials great i've seen men of god there's a man of god i met i have never met anybody more anointed than him i was there i heard men of god spoke how this man would touch the world in 10 years it's now 25 years he hasn't even touched his village and it's sad and you know that what they are talking about is true that man has what it takes to touch the world I don't seek help. Hallelujah. I don't seek help. You know why Adolf Hitler killed 6 million Jews in Germany during um, the Second World War? Yeah. You know why? Adolf Hitler's stepfather was a Jew. Go find out. Adolf Hitler's mother divorced his father because of this guy that she saw and she liked him. And she said, this one is better than your father. And she married him only for the man to become abusive. Young Adolf saw this Jewish man who came to snatch the mother from the father, abusing the mother all the time. So he decided that Jews are very evil people who must not be permitted to exist on the earth. Unfortunately, he became head of state. And the Jews were prospering so much in Germany that time. He said, we'll kill them all. Can you imagine what one experience can do to the world? It's a serious thing, isn't it? Today, we've learned that the person you marry is the way he is, not because he liked it, not because he decided it. You can never insult your partner for what he is. Don't try to change him for what he is. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.